And if you actually look up um, a few verses, not look up at me, look up a few verses in your passage, I'm actually going to start at verse 35 in John chapter 12. Verse 35 of John chapter 12. So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. And when Jesus said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Now jump to verse 44. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, that, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. Help us now to hear. Help us now to obey. Help us to see you this morning. Lord, for we come as a needy people. A people who often forget what we ourselves look like. That we were created in the image of your Son. That you have called us to walk as sons and daughters. Lord, we also ask for your help. We ask for your healing. Lord, please heal Jonathan Pence. Please heal Cynthia Jaqua. Please heal Joan Raspberry. Please continue, continue the work of healing for John Michael and for Bill Moore. Lord, be near to us, your people not only in our hurting and our sufferings, but be near to us in our joys as we celebrate some, some of our children graduating. As we might celebrate new jobs or new beginnings. Lord, may we come to you. May we not forget to thank you when you answer our prayers. Lord, I pray for this community. I pray for Fayette County, for the public schools, for the private schools, and for the home schools. 
Lord, may you bless the children of this county. May our children from Fayette County be a new generation. A generation set apart for doing the glory of Christ. Who know your word. Who have faith. Lord, we thank you for all the first responders in our county. We thank you for our police officers. Lord, keep them safe. May they uphold the justice that you have set before us. Lord, we pray for Joe Johnson, the RUF minister at Mississippi State. Lord, as he concludes a new as he concludes this past year, Lord, give him a vision for this next year. Raise up students at Mississippi State who are hungry for your word. And Lord, call the students that aren't hungry for your word, call them to you. Lord, we pray for the Presbytery meeting coming this Tuesday. We pray that the work of the church will be done with peace and unity together. Lord, we come to you not even knowing what to pray as we look at the news of what happened in Buffalo, New York. Lord, we ask you to heal We ask you to bring peace. We ask you to comfort those who are suffering. We pray for the people of Ukraine. Lord, we ask you to come quickly that wars may cease and that every knee shall bow to the one true and Lord, we pray as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's an often repeated idea that people who are blind compensate for their lack of sight through the enhancement of their other senses. We think of musical talents such as Stevie Wonder and Ray Childs, both blinded at an early age and can be examples of how they use their other senses, their sense of hearing, to compensate for their blindness. It is commonly assumed that the improvement in the remaining senses is a result of a learned behavior, that the absence of vision, blind people pay attention to the auditory cues and learn how to be more efficient. But there is mounting evidence that the people that lose one sense don't just learn other senses. 
but that their brain is actually adapting to the loss. It's actually creating new pathways. It's actually rewiring itself to process their senses. A new study provides evidence that this rewiring in the, deaf, in the brains of deaf people in this study published in the Journal of Neuroscience shows people who are born deaf use areas of the brain typically devoted to process sight for sound. These new findings are part of a growing research of neuroplasticity, the ability for our brains to change with experience. A large body of evidence has shown that when brain, our brain is depraved of input of one sensory modality, it is capable of reorganizing itself, augmenting itself for other senses. And this phenomenon is known as cross-modal neuroplasticity. I'm only going to say that once. <laughs> this morning, Jesus is calling us to reorganize. Not just to reorganize our schedules. Not just to reorganize our, our priorities. He's calling us to reorganize. To reorient, to rewire our senses. He's calling us to reorganize the pathways to our hearts. Because in this passage, Jesus brings up Again, two sustaining metaphors that he has used throughout the gospel. Children, if you don't know what a metaphor is, ask your parents. Parents, if you don't know what a metaphor is, go see Miss Mary. She'll help you out. But these two sustaining metaphors, seeing and hearing, Jesus has used these over and over and over again as a metaphor for faith. And this morning, what I want us to consider, well, more, more than consider, what I want us to believe is that God is calling you. God is revealing himself to you. Believe in Jesus. And this is, this is the end. This, this is where we're going. And, and I'll be honest. After last week, I was emotionally, mentally, and spiritually drained. I preached on predestination. And I knew this text was coming. And honestly, most people I read, most people I heard, just clumped these verses in with the last passage. But most of them didn't even talk about these verses. And I'll be honest. As I came to it this week... I had a really hard time. I had a really hard time knowing what to say, knowing what illustrations to use, knowing how to apply this, because everything that we see here, we've talked about before. Almost everything, except one thing. I'll save that one thing at the end. But everything in this passage, we, I just read it. Everything, it shouldn't have sounded new. And so I really didn't know what to say. But then it hit me. From John 1 to John 12, it's the same message over and over again. 
John is re-emphasizing the same things, that from the beginning of Jesus' public ministry to the end, and remember, this is the end, this is it. After these passages, after verse 50, Jesus' public ministry is over until he shows up to go to the cross. And this is the repeated narrative. Jesus has come into the world full of blind people, full of deaf people. And do you know who's king in the world of the blind? Those who see. Do you know who's king in the world of the deaf? Those who hear. Do you know who's king in the world full of darkness? The one that has the light. And so it makes sense that Jesus, concluding his public ministry, gives us these three things. Because here's where we're going this morning. If you do not see Jesus, if you have not heard Jesus, you cannot believe in Jesus. That's that's what this passage is about this morning. And so what I want you to ask yourself is the simple questions, have you seen, have you heard, and most importantly, have you believed in Jesus? Have you ever been in a cave and turned off the lights? I did this once as in my youth group. Our youth pastor took us to the Devil Den Cave in Arkansas. It's a state park. And he took us deep inside this cave, and then he had us turn off the lights. It was the first time I could ever hold my hand up right here and not see it. This is how John's gospel begins. The word the light of the world came into the darkness. This is what it says in verses 4 to 5. In him was life, and the, light, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. Jesus' ministry, Jesus coming to earth is a light in the dark cave. Without him, we can see Nothing. He's the light that we need. If you haven't heard, if you haven't been here, we've been in John's gospel for well over a year. If you haven't heard a single sermon, if you haven't heard me say a single thing, and you have been here, listen to this. Jesus is the light of the world. Without him, you remain in darkness. Without him, you cannot see. And Jesus came to you so that you might see. He says, I have come into the world as a light so that whoever believes in me will not remain in darkness. This is what verse 46 says. I have come as the light This is the hope of the gospel. If he didn't come to us, we would still be in darkness. If he didn't come to us, we have no hope for change. Because our hearts love the darkness. Do you remember last week, 
John explained to us why Israel didn't believe. And he quoted from Isaiah 6. And and listen to Isaiah 6, verses 9 through 10. Don't turn there, just listen. The Lord said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of the people dull, and the ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Their eyes were blinded. And then John tells us why. Because they refused to see Jesus for who he was. They refused to believe the light of the world had come to save them. They refused to believe that this light was the glory of God. And why did they not believe this? Because they wanted to receive glory for themselves. They didn't want to see the light because they wanted it to be the light themselves. And in verse 42 and 43, it tells us they believed. And this is what's hard, is it says that they believed. But because of the fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess. So that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they love the glory that came from men rather than the glory that comes from God. They were afraid of being excommunicated. They were afraid of being excluded and rejected, to be ignored by their people. They they were people of the synagogue. They were afraid by being rejected of their people, people that they did life together, people that they did religious life together. They celebrated birthdays together. They celebrated bar mitzvahs together. We have to ask ourselves this morning, are we these people? Are we people that use this language of, oh, I believe in Jesus, but who are so ashamed to confess Jesus that we miss the glory of Jesus? Are we like these people and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I I follow Jesus, but I really don't want the life of Jesus are we so terrified of being rejected by our communities? We're so, are we so terrified of losing this perception that we are the fun crowd? That we actually don't see Jesus for who Jesus really is. The glory and the radiance of God himself. Because here's the reality. If you love the glory of men more than the glory of Christ you remain in the darkness. Because the glory from men will draw you back to the darkness. It draws you away from the light. It draws you away from Jesus. But here's what's so great 
about what Jesus is saying. Not only has the light come into the world that we might see, but the light, Jesus, he reveals the one who sent him. This is what verse 35 says. Whoever sees me sees him who sent me. Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but the one who sent me. This metaphor, this light and darkness, seen, not seen, is used for belief and unbelief. And Jesus is revealing it's a bigger deal that we might thought of at first. It isn't, do we just see Jesus? But in a sense, do we see through Jesus the God that created us, the God that loves us, and the God that is holy in his glory. Because this is who Jesus is revealing to us. The Son is drawing us back to the Father that we might become children of light. Are you willing to leave the home of darkness? In him was life and the light of men. And here's the great assurance of the gospel. Because we get, we get into this strange tension, right? These people have said they believe. They don't confess we believe. How does that look in our lives? Here's the great assurance of the gospel. If you see Jesus, if you see the one that sent Jesus, he promises us, as John 6, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. He will never cast you back into the darkness. You know why we find ourselves in the darkness? Because we love the darkness. But Jesus has come. He did not leave us there. He did not leave us where we deserve to be. He's full of grace upon grace. He's full of mercy, and he has come to his own. Don't miss him. Open your eyes and see Jesus. Have you seen Jesus, and now have you heard Jesus? And listen to the switch, switch in the metaphor in verse 47. If anyone hears if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me does not rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken, and I will judge him on the last day, and it will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given himself has sent me has himself given me. A commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. And here, here, here's what's so incredible about this passage. Look back up to verse 44. And Jesus cried out and said, there's no context here. 
The reason I went back and read verses 35 through 36 is because that's the last time we've heard from Jesus. He talks about the light and the darkness, be sons of light, and then Jesus departed and hid himself from them. And then we have this passage, and Jesus cries out and says, whoever believes in me believes in him who sent me. A lot of people made a big deal about this crying out. We, this isn't a word that's used a lot in the text. We see it back in John chapter 1, that John cried out in the wilderness, speaking about Jesus. We see it back in chapter 7, when Jesus is teaching in the temple, talking about where he gets his authority. And we also see it in John chapter 11, when Jesus cried out and, ri- and rose, raised, rose, where's Miss Mary, I need her. And Lazarus came back from the dead. And now he's saying, now he's crying out almost to lift himself out of context, out of almost to say, this is truth for all eternity. Listen to my words. My words are from the Father. This commandment, these words that I say, Listen, because this commandment is eternal life. Hear my words. He's saying, believe in what I say, for I have come from God. And the world hates this. And to be honest, sometimes we hate this. Because here, here's the two things, here's the two situations that come from this. One, we don't like to be told what to do. I don't know about you. I don't like laws. I don't like laws that don't benefit me, that don't align with what I like. But here's what Jesus says. My commandment is what gives life. Here's what else I don't like about this, what my heart doesn't like about this passage. is that it's these words the words of Jesus that will judge us. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be judged. I like to judge other people. I I, I don't like to be judged. And we have to ask ourselves, are we more like the world? Or are we more like Jesus' disciples? Because here's what's interesting about this Commandment. This is the first time this word has come up in the book of John. It comes up again in John chapter 14. The new commandment. To love one another as he has loved us. Because here's the reality. I've never heard Jesus speak to me. I haven't audibly heard Jesus speak to me. But here, Jesus puts a huge emphasis on what he is saying. This is the authority you should live by. This is what you are supposed to do. I have given you the words of the Father, and it is in this word that we hear Jesus. These are his words written down. There is no other way outside of this special revelation for God to speak to us through Jesus. To hear Jesus 
is to believe in Jesus. To hear this word is to hear the word of the Lord. To read this word is to read the life given to us. To preach this word is to preach Jesus. This is what Jesus said when he came into his ministry. The kingdom is at hand. I've come to preach the gospel. Repent and believe. This is what Peter did in Acts chapter 10. He was commanded to preach and to testify that God is the judge and the living of the dead. This is what Paul was so eager to preach the gospel. For he's not ashamed of the gospel, for it brought the righteousness of God. And the righteousness, the righteous shall live by this word. Jesus is the sent one. The one who was sent for the purpose of communicating the message of the Father. And this word has life. This word, this commandment that he's given us, this is where we hear the words of life. Because this is where we hear Jesus. Do you know why I read Deuteronomy chapter 6? Because Deuteronomy 6 is all about the commandment. It's all about the word. It's all about hearing God. You know what else it's about? Teaching the word. Do we want our children to have life? Teach the word. Do we want our children to hear Jesus? Read them the word. And here's what Jesus equates this to. If you hear me, or in the negative sense, in verse 48, the one who rejects me does not receive my words. And here's what Jesus is saying. If you say you believe in me, you will accept my word and you will follow after me by faith. This word has been given to us to bring life. It's a means of grace. It's a way that God actually dispenses his grace upon his people. It's a mark of a church of the church. If the word is not read, if the word is not preached, guess what? It's not a true church because this is the word and the life of God. There is no life apart from it. There is no other place we can find Jesus. And then we have the reality check. Just as this word contains covenant blessings, do this and you shall live. You shall live in the land. You shall live in community. You shall receive all the blessings of this word. But if you do not do, if you do not obey, this word, this word will judge you. Because this word not only contains covenant blessing, it also contains covenant curse. If you hear it and you don't do it, you are held liable 
because you rejected the one that God sent. Have you seen Jesus? Have you heard Jesus? Because if you have, you should believe in Jesus. Because he was sent so that we might have sight. He was sent so that we might hear. He was sent that we might have eternal life. He has come to reorient us, to rewire our brains, to know and to realize that without him, we remain in the darkness. This is what John, the Apostle John, wrote in his first epistle. This is how he begins it. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the words of life, the life that was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Believe in Jesus so that your joy may be complete. Do you know why? Because Jesus came to be judged for us. He became blind so that we might see. He became deaf so we might hear. He took our judgment at the cross. And when we come to this table, this is what we're celebrating. Because not only at the table, do not, we don't only just hear, we don't only see, we also get to touch, taste, and smell Jesus. That he has come for us, and without him, we have no hope. To see is to see with the eyes of faith. Don't be like Israel who rejected the God that came to them. To hear is to hear with the ears of faith. And what a great grace it is from God that this morning we can hear and we can see. And by his grace, we can believe. Let's pray. Father, call us to you. Lord, if we've heard you and we've walked away, 
if we've rebelled against your word that you have given us. Call us home. Call us back into your presence so that we might see the radiance and the glory of Christ. Remove our hearts of stone. Remove our blind eyes. Give us confidence in Christ who gave himself for us. Amen.